0: Welcome to the Good Fiction Podcast. Join us as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. Chapter 5 Pinkish peeling paint covered the building where Charlie had decided to approach first. The large wooden double doors were old and worn. He knocked at least five times in a harder-than-polite way. While waiting for a response, he turned and looked around. San Miguel was smaller than Cuda Norte. Yep, not only was that possible, but here he was in this little town. The place was, for a lack of better way of putting it, dead. There was no activity at all. He knocked on a door once more, this time even harder. This time... The door began to squeak open slowly and eventually revealing the peeping head of an older woman who was cautiously looking to see Charlie. She kept the rest of her body behind the door as if ready to slam it shut on a moment's notice. Hi, you speak English? asked Charlie, hopefully. The old woman quickly slammed the door shut, but before Charlie could move on to the next building, the door reopened. This time, an older man stood there, looking at Charlie with concern. "'What do you want?' he asked in a heavily accented English. "'The police,' said Charlie. "'Can you tell me where I can find the police?' "'The police? "'See, I'm the police,' said the man. He grinned slightly. "'What do you need the police for?' Charlie proceeded to tell the man about what he had seen in the jungle." The man stood there with his arms crossed across his chest. He stared off into the distance. If Charlie hadn't been so disgusted by reliving what he had seen, the smell of fresh-made tortillas coming from the still-open door would have been very inviting. When Charlie got to the point where he was explaining what the boy looked like, the man's posture changed. He brought one hand to his mouth as if to rest his head against it, but it was obvious that the description had hit a nerve. Without asking any more questions about the crime, the man angrily asked Charlie, "'Who are you? Why are you here in San Miguel?' Charlie responded with, "'What about the boy?' "'I asked you a question.' The man's arms were now folded back across his chest." Charlie didn't like the way the guy was looking at him. He sure didn't need this or even have to be there. On the other hand, what would it hurt to tell the man what he was doing in San Miguel, so he told him. A writer, huh? From America. Guess you figured some out-of-the-way place like this was going to give you the inspiration you need, huh? The man was now chuckling. "'Yeah, now, what about the boy?' said Charlie." The man moved away from the doorway and motioned for Charlie to come in. He cautiously followed the man into the building, and the door was slammed shut behind him. When Charlie turned to face the man, his hand was extended for a handshake. Charlie gladly accepted it. The sun-worn, wrinkled hand of the man tightly gripped Charlie's. The man was wearing tan slacks, sandals. An oversized, white, short-sleeved, button-down shirt that was neatly pressed but not tucked in. Garcia, I'm the police, the mayor, and whatever else needs to get done around here, he said. He was glancing at the woman who had opened the door at first. She may not have spoke English, but she surely understood the comment by the grin she returned while walking off into what was apparently the kitchen area. Mr. Garcia, the boy, I don't mean to tell you how to do your job, but... Oh, no. Your name, please, he said. Charles Duncan. Charlie. The man responded with, I understand. Please come in and sit down. Charlie followed him into a living area where a large rug covered wooden floors and an old but well-kept comfortable-looking chair sat facing the fireplace where a small fire burned. Charlie sat in a chair facing Garcia. Mr. Duncan started the man. Charlie, please, call me Charlie. Okay, Charlie, there's really no need to go rushing out there. The boy must be dead, right? "Uh, definitely dead, said Charlie. Can you tell me exactly where the body is? Charlie had to sit and think for a minute. The man had a good point. Would he be able to find that same spot where he had stopped? Maybe, but the chances didn't seem too good. It wasn't something he had thought much about when leaving in shock from what he had seen. I see your point, said Charlie. Unfortunately, by the time we find the body, and we will find it, the animals will have had their way with it. Where are you from, Charlie? California, he responded. Why? Well, guess what? This isn't California, said the man. Again, Mr. Garcia had a point. But the strange thing about it was he wasn't trying to find out who the boy was. Charlie, being Charlie, didn't hesitate to ask why. Aren't you curious about who this boy is or was? I mean... Surely he had parents, and they'll be looking for him. Mr. Duncan, Charlie, like I said, this isn't California. I've not only got a pretty good idea of who that boy is, but why he was out in the jungle. Everybody knows everybody here. It doesn't take a genius detective to figure out who's up to what. Is there anything I can do to help? Asked Charlie. Charlie? Maybe try to find out where I was? Of course, said Garcia. I'll tell you what, though. Let me take you across the street. The Royal Grand Hilton of San Miguel is there. There are rooms to rent, three in all. There's no hurry, as you can tell, but it's getting late and the sun's going down. You get settled in, and tomorrow morning we'll try to find this body, okay? Mr. Garcia stood indicating he was finished with the conversation. Charlie followed his lead and followed him out the door. You can just leave your car there, said Mr. Garcia, chuckling. I promise not to write you a parking ticket, he said. Charlie pulled his bags from the car, and Mr. Garcia took one from his hands. Feeling like it might be insulting to lock the doors of the rental car, Charlie simply shut the doors. He followed Mr. Garcia across the street to the town's other building. After three sharp raps on the door, it opened quickly, and a rather lengthy discussion in quick and rapid Spanish took place with a man that looked to be about the same age as Mr. Garcia. Finally, he turned to Charlie and filled him in on what was going on. Charlie, this is Raul Gomez. Charlie extended his hand, and Mr. Gomez awkwardly shook it. He doesn't speak English, Charlie. He says the room is $10 a night. That includes meals, by the way. You're welcome to stay as long as you need to. Uh, fine, said Charlie. Let me pay for the first week. Charlie set his bag down and reached for his wallet, from which he pulled three 20s and a ten and handed the money to Mr. Gomez. Funny, everyone wants U.S. money here. Ah, the peso is worthless, said Mr. Garcia. He set the bag he was carrying down next to Charlie's other bags. Well, if there's anything I can do for you, I'm just across the street. If not, I'll come by in the morning and we'll take a trip back down the road to Cuidad Norte, okay? Thank you for your help, Mr. Garcia, said Charlie. With that, Mr. Garcia left and Mr. Gomez showed Charlie his room. It was very simple, but he was pleased at what he saw. From the second story window, he could see over the tops of the jungle trees where the sun was quickly ducking for the day. A simple single light hung from the ceiling surrounded by an ornate but plastic fixture. The bed was small, but the linens were clean, and so was the room. A small restroom area complete with shower stall and sink were in the corner of the room, but the most important feature was the desk that sat under the window. Charlie threw both bags on the bed and immediately opened one of them. He dug for a second or two, and he re-emerged with a stack of yellow legal pads. He did the same trick again, and this time re-emerged with a box of medium-point black pens. He arranged them neatly on the desk, then went back to the business of unpacking. Before he had totally finished, there was a light knock at the door, It was Mr. Gomez. Even though his accent was heavy, his English was really pretty good. But still, he motioned with his hands what must be the universal symbol for eating. He only had to bring his hands to his mouth like he was eating twice for Charlie to get the picture. Food was a pleasant thought. He hadn't realized until then how long he'd gone without eating. He indicated that he understood and quickly went to the sink to wash his hands, then followed Mr. Gomez down the stairs. In the living area, a card table had been set up with all sorts of food, fresh salsa, a bowl of quartered limes, a stack of corn tortillas almost a foot high was wrapped in a towel exposing only the top several tortillas. A plate full of chicken that looked to have been barbecued, then peeled from the bone next to the tortillas. A large iron pot full of red beans sat in the center of the table on top of a towel. The smell of the beans combined with the chicken and the tortillas was enough to cause anyone to want to eat. The woman that had originally answered the door stood next to the table with an inviting smile on her face. She wiped her hands on the white apron that covered her brightly colored yellow dress. She handed Charlie a plate from the stack of plates at the edge of the table. He wasn't going to be shy. The food looked good, and he was hungry. He started to load his plate with food, and Mr. and Mrs. Gomez followed behind him around the table with plates of their own. Charlie stood awkwardly waiting for the couple to finish getting their food. He was hungry and eager to dine, but he wanted to be polite too. Besides, he wasn't sure if they wanted to eat right there standing next to the table or they had something else in mind. They did. Once they had their food on their plates, Mrs. Gomez proudly motioned for Charlie to follow her. He couldn't help but notice one plate remained as he followed the couple while carefully balancing his overloaded plate of food. Their destination was outside. In the rear of the building was a patio area with a wrought iron table where the Gomez's set their plates and themselves for dinner. In the center of the table was a pitcher of what looked to be iced tea and a white vase filled with several flowers of blue, yellow, white, and red. The sun had now set and although it was cool outside, It wasn't uncomfortable. Everyone began to eat. The food was satisfying Charlie's hunger and his taste buds at the same time. Everyone was hungry and busy eating when a voice surprised Charlie from behind. They forgot these. Charlie turned to see a young woman holding a stack of yellow plastic drinking glasses. She then went through a series of friendly sounding exchanges with Mrs. Gomez in Spanish. Tea, she asked, picking up the picture and pouring into the glasses. Yes, but Charlie's mouth was full when he tried to say it. The girl sat next to him after pouring the tea, and it was then Charlie was able to get a really good look at her. couldn't keep from staring. I'm Maria. These are my parents, she said while rolling the chicken on her now full plate onto a tortilla. I'm Charlie. His mouth was still half full. It was one of those situations where the conversation went dead fast. Charlie swallowed quickly and reached for something to say. The girl was cute. Big, round, brown eyes with naturally long lashes highlighted smooth brown skin. Then... But in a fit sort of way, she even looked athletic. Her long black hair touched the middle of her back while she sat delicately eating. You speak excellent English, said Charlie. Do you speak Spanish, she asked. No. Uh, a word here or there, but no, no, not really. Where are you from, she asked. California, he said. California. California. You're a long way from America, not to be speaking any Spanish. She sounded a little suspicious. Being a long way away is exactly what I was looking for, he said. She smiled and backed off. She was content not to press him any further for the time being anyway. But Charlie could tell she still remained suspicious of his intentions. Tell you what, I'll make a deal with you, okay? Deal? she asked. Yeah, after dinner, I'll tell you what I'm doing here, but the deal is you have to explain to me why a young, articulate woman like yourself would remain here too. Deal? She thought for a moment. Okay, deal. She smiled and gladly accepted the challenge. Thanks for listening. Join us next time as we continue with Things That Charlie Did. I'm Rodney Mathers. Goodbye for now.